So you're an attorney and you've decided to go out on your own. Now what? You need a plan and you're not alone. Join expert host Adriana Linares and her distinguished guests on New Solo. Tune into the lively conversation as they share insights and information about how to successfully run your law firm here on Legal Talk Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of New Solo on Legal Talk Network. I'm Adriana Linares. I'm a legal technology trainer and consultant. I help lawyers and law firms use technology better. And one of my very cool gigs that I have, and I don't know if listeners have picked up on this. One of the things I do is I work for the San Diego County Bar Association. It's a contracted gig, so I still have my consulting business and I still help the Florida Bar, but I am really lucky in that I get to come out to San Diego one week out of every month. I'm what I call myself the human member benefit, where members get to come and meet with me (laughs) at no charge to talk to me about technology and their practice management issues. So I'm at the beautiful San Diego County Bar Association offices today, and in a few minutes, I'm going to talk with Kristen Rizzo, who is a past president of the SDCBA, very enthusiastic uh, attorney involved very much in the community here. But before we do that, we're going to listen to a couple messages from some sponsors. Nexa, formerly known as Answer One, is a leading virtual receptionist and answering service provider for law firms. Learn more by giving them a call at 800-267-9371 or online at nexa.com. We want to thank Clio. Clio is a cloud-based practice management software that makes it easy to manage your law firm from intake to invoice. Try it for free at clio.com. That's clio.com. Of course, I want to thank our sponsors, Law Clerk, where attorneys go to hire freelance lawyers. Visit lawclerk.legal to learn how to increase your productivity and your profits by working with talented freelance lawyers. Thanks to our new sponsor, Ross. Ross Intelligence, the legal research platform that leverages AI to get to the heart of legal issues fast. Go to rossintelligence.com for a 14-day free trial. Okay, let's get started. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Adriana. Thanks for coming in today. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm excited to get to talk to you because not long after I started working for the San Diego County Bar, you were starting your RISA resolution. I said, oh, when you're ready, let me know. We'll get you on New Solo to talk about what it's like to start a mediation firm. So before we just launch into that, tell us a little bit about your background. Sure. And who you are and where you practice and what you do and the whole business. <laughs> Thank you. I'm happy to. So I'm Kristen Rizzo. I've been an attorney for a little over, I think, 13 years now. I'm a native of San Diego. You I, are? Yes. Cool. <laughs> Thank you. My father is an attorney. My brother's an attorney. So that definitely runs in the family. As you mentioned, I'm the past president of the San Diego County Bar Association. Uh, leadership and volunteer service to the legal community has been a, a passion of mine, um, as has been being an attorney. And now I'm also a mediator. So as an attorney, um, I went to the University of San Diego School of Law. I practice both defense as well as plaintiffs uh, law, mostly specializing in labor and employment law. And I'll talk to you a little bit about that as we talk about how I developed my career. Um, and uh, I worked in a larger law firm here in San Diego. I worked in and opened my own law practice, which I had for a number of years, um, called Rizzo Law. And then, uh, and then I transitioned that as I rebranded myself into a mediation firm where I also do impartial workplace investigations. And I opened up Rizzo Resolution in April of this year. Um, And so now I do all neutral work, mediation and workplace investigations, and I'm also affiliated with a mediation company here in town called West Coast Coast Resolution. And um, I'm excited to be here and talk to you all about how I did that. (laughs) Yes. And it's only been a little over six months since doing that, so I'm still learning. And as I talk to you about how I did that, how I rebranded and launched and all of that um, into the field of neutrality, Um, I think it's important for everybody to know that the launch into a neutral practice is really like 
any rebrand. It's, it, can, it can span attorneys wanting to rebrand themselves into different practice areas. Um, and so I think, I think this will sort of be applicable across the board to any attorney. But I know a lot of people ask me about how I rebranded myself into a mediator. And so why do you think that is? What's the interest as far as, you know, from your experience in talking to people, what's the interest in being a mediator versus a, a regular, I, I mean, I don't even know what to call you other than a, re- call it other than a regular lawyer. <laughs> sure. No, exactly. And people ask that all the time. I think because uh, being an attorney, a litigator, a trial attorney is hard work. It's, yeah. uh, it's a dedicated practice to the service of individuals um, or companies or rights. And it is significant and it's hard. It's intense. And I think a lot of attorneys do um, see sort of maybe the end of the rainbow in terms of mediation. Hmm. But I will say, I, I am working just as hard, uh, if not right. harder. This isn't a walk in the park. Definitely not. It's just um, a different park. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's just a different park. But I love it. I'm very passionate about it. And what I would say to anybody who wants to transition into this field of neutrality is it's a wonderful transition. You have the opportunity to serve and assist not only individuals or companies, justice basically, but you also get to assist your fellow attorneys, so your fellow colleagues, as they assist um, and help their clients. That's pretty neat. Yeah, your clients basically become the attorneys. Right. And so that's great because after a number of years in service to attorneys through my leadership, the county bar and other places, it's wonderful to be able to sort of utilize those connections that I've had and transition that into a different level of connecting with the legal community. You're like a meta lawyer. You're a lawyer for lawyers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A lawyer of lawyers. A lawyer among lawyers. Yeah. Um, so let's back up just a little bit to give everyone an idea of just what the process was like. So many years ago, you were at a large law firm, and you went solo. That's right. So you had a solo practice, Rizzo Law, here in San Diego, because you're a San Diegan to the hilt. I don't meet a lot of you. Sort of, we know when I'm in Florida, there's very few of us, including myself, who are from Florida. There's really no Floridians. We're just people who move there. <laughs> and I feel like in San Diego, everyone I meet is not from here, except um, Renee, of course. Also, Renee Stackhouse is from San Diego. Okay, so you went solo, and you had a successful solo practice for about 10 years? Yeah, a little, a little less than 10, about eight, I think. Yeah, so the transition into mediation was what what I like to describe as sort of twofold, a macro approach and a micro approach. So I think maybe we'll start out talking about the macro approach, because people ask me all the time, how did I do this, right? How about, Uh, before you tell us how. Sure. Why? Why? Yeah, no, good question. The why is, it's been something that I thought about for a very long time, and I think it was because deep down... Even though it resonated with me, obviously, to be an attorney and an advocate, which is a big part, obviously, of being in litigation and and doing trial work and fighting for justice, whether it was as a defense attorney, which I did for a number of years, or as a plaintiff's attorney, it always resonated with me to be a conflict resolver Uh and to help people try to resolve their disputes prior to the big fight, the right. big show, if you will, the trial or, um, or, or a conflict. And sometimes uh, people do have to go to trial or they do have to litigate for a number of months or even years before they can resolve. But I, I, it always resonated with me to help people try to resolve. And I also always seem to see the gray in disputes. Mm. Um, who's saying what, how yeah. they perceive things. People perceive things in their own different, unique ways. And that's what makes individuals so fascinating. Yeah. I do, like I said, I do mostly labor and employment law. And it's a lot of times about that. Um, so I knew deep down, even from law school, I took negotiation classes, and I, I took a um, an extensive uh, conflict resolution class early on in my legal career. I had a feeling I would like to transition there if I could. So it was always deep down in there. I think um, so. And weird side question, but do you have twins? I have a three-year-old and a four-year-old. Oh, okay. So almost <laughs> twins. So, almost <laughs> twins. Almost twins. Not quite. Do you... <laughs> Do you find yourself using those conflict and mediation skills with those kids? Um, yes. Maybe more these days, uh, I've been asked to do some high-conflict personality mediation. So 
One, I think that stems from doing a lot of employment law because right. there's always just um, conflict with personality that, that comes from employment situations. Yes. And yes, my children, <laughs> I say right now, my, my older daughter, Lola, she's always negotiating with me these days. Uh. I'm like, tell her, please stop negotiating with me. So we'll see where that leads in her, in her life. And, uh, and also family dynamics are the perfect place to learn conflict resolution. Sure. Like when, mm. the, when you started talking about personalities and people immediately made me think of kids and how, definitely you know, how definitely. different they can be even when they're related and trying to solve a problem there. But that does just give me an opportunity to ask you, as you were going through this transition and you turned to your husband and said, hey, I'm sure he was supportive, but Definitely. people always like hearing about that sort of the conversations you might have had and sure. um, what were the the risks? What were you, what was he worried about? If anything, what were you worried about? Or was it basically like, <clears throat> honey, I know you got this, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um, all of the above, <laughs> right? It's, it's an excellent question. He's extremely supportive. So um, the latter is very true. Um, he's always been supportive in my career because one, going out as a solo attorney, right? First and foremost, from a from a larger law firm, I was at Hicks Fletcher and Mack here in San it's a Diego, big firm in San Diego, right? When I when I first um, started out in my career, that was a challenge in and of itself. Yeah, I didn't even know if I could make it as a solo plaintiff side attorney. He was supportive then when I did that, and and he was support and he's supportive now when yeah. I jumped from that sort of pretty successful law practice to now doing mediation and, and impartial investigations. And I, I've been asked even now, wow, why did you make the jump? You know, you were you had that successful practice. Right. And it was because I felt it, I knew it, I know it was the right decision for me. He also has a very steady job. Let's put it that okay, way. Okay, that's helpful. Right? He has that steady paycheck. Sure. And so in our marriage and in our family, that has always worked where I took like the big risks and I tend to sort of make the big reward. And he has the very sort of steady job and like he has insurance coverage for right. our family. And so that has always worked for us. And so, yes, that's very helpful. And also when I do my volunteer work, he also is is supportive of that, right? And so um, now that being said, he's across the world right now, and um, I'm managing <laughs> all the family stuff at home. So we have a great family dynamic, and it's a great marriage. So I'm, I'm very lucky to do the things yeah. that I can do that with that support. Going back to your question about sort of family dynamics too, though, and, and conflict personalities, I also, I always like to say it's easier to resolve other people's conflicts than <laughs> one's own. So just FYI on that. Um, but anyway, yes. And I definitely want to encourage listeners who might not have all that support and, and, and family and a network, you can still do this. Absolutely. I always want to remind listeners, and I am grateful that I often get LinkedIn messages or Twitter messages, or actually I was just at the Clio conference and three people stopped me and said, Hey, you're Adriana. I just want you to know I listen to your podcast. It's so helpful. So I try to be positive and say, you don't even need all that to be able to do what you've done to launch a solo practice, to transition, to rebrand. You just have to do a few things, a few re research items. So yeah. before we move on to our next segment and talk about the micro side of things, let's um, hear a couple messages from some sponsors. If you're missing calls, appointments, and potential clients, it's time to work with Nexa Professional. More than just an answering service, Nexa's virtual receptionists are available 24-7 to schedule appointments, qualify leads, respond to emails, integrate with your firm's software, and much more. Nexa ensures your clients have the experience they deserve. Give them a call at 800-267-9371 or visit them at nexa.com forward slash podcast for a special offer. Law Clerk is where attorneys go to hire freelance lawyers. Whether you need a research memo or a complicated appellate brief, our network of freelance lawyers have every level of experience and expertise. Signing up is free and there are no monthly fees. Only pay the flat fee price you said. Use rebate code NEWSOLO to get a $100 Amazon gift card when you complete your next project. Learn more at lawclerk.legal. Okay, and we're back. Kristen, was, before we move on, any other thoughts or ideas you want to make sure and sort of either some pearls you want to drop before we get into some details about how you launched? Yes. So we talked about how I practice both sides of the law um, in terms of plaintiff and defense, and that helped me become a specialist in the practice area in terms of, for me, it was labor and employment law, but becoming a specialist in your practice area, I think, is key. 
The second thing I did was I learned conflict resolution. Um, I talked about how early on in my career I attended a class. You went I, all in. I did. I did. I I went to another class as I was really thinking that I was going to make this transition. I attended um, the Strauss Institute at Pepperdine mm. School of Law, and that was an amazing program. Um, then I even um, looked into how I could really get hands-on training with mediation. Oh. And I mediated nearly 30 cases pro bono. No kidding. Yeah, through very, there are many pro bono programs that you can look into. So even before I officially launched, I had many mediations under my belt. I mediated through small claims through the Superior Court in San Diego, through the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, through Department of Fair Employment and Housing. So I had a ton of mediation experience even before I officially While launched. you ran your solo practice? I did. Wow. Yeah. You're superwoman. Well, I don't think so. I, I just think that I really got prepared. And so what I wanted people to know about this is the, the preparation process was through my whole career, obviously, becoming an expert, but the specific process took a couple of years, really specifically Very hammering good. down. So you did not rush this? I did not. I really thought about it, and I really tried to become a specialist both in practice area and then in mediation. And then the last thing that I would say is I also had visibility in the community. It's so important. Right? And so you know, you said it, that I was the, the president of the Bar Association, but that was also a huge, a huge part of my career in that I was the president of the new lawyers division. I was the section chair of labor and employment for the county bar. I also had other volunteer leadership opportunities through other associations, through my law school, et cetera. And so I had a lot of um, people who knew me and I knew them and I had built connections and relationships. And it was after I felt like I had everything in place, the specialty for the practice area, the, the understanding of how to be, really be a mediator and the visibility that I felt mm. like I sort of had my brand, if you will, and that I felt I had what I needed to then do the launch. Wow. That's a lot of back-end work that you did. Let me ask you I'm this. nothing but prepared, people tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Overachieving, prepared attorneys are uh. bound to be successful. Um, would you say you were obsessed with getting this done? Oh, obsessed. That is a very, very good word. Um, as I say, I like to be prepared. I, I don't know that I'm always the smartest person in the room, but I do like to say that I, I try to be the most prepared. I try to read everything. Cool. I try to understand everything. And that's also a big part of being a mediator yeah. and, and, frankly, a workplace investigator. I try to, I try to be prepared with what's in front of me. And, um, and then the other thing that you had said before we went to break was about if you don't always have a support system, you don't always need a support system. You know what I find makes um, you great at what you do if you enjoy it? And you have passion about it. Yes. And I, I have those things. And that's what's going to make you great in something. And so I always tell people, enjoy what you're doing. If you don't, you if have you don't to. enjoy it, find something else, right? Look, I see this all the time with lawyers, and, and especially young lawyers. Um, if you're going to be a lawyer, pick an area of law that you can be passionate and obsessed over, or you're going to be miserable. Because it's a hard job, no matter what type of law you're practicing, where, what size firm, it can be hard. So best thing is to find an area that you can get obsessed about. The reason I, <laughs> I asked you that way is because Mark Britton, who's the former CEO of Avo, has joined uh, the Clio board, and the Clio conference was mm -hmm. just here. So he gave a talk about leadership and being a good leader and, his, and, and, and being an innovator and just sort of getting things done. But the first thing on his list was obsession. And he talked about how he was living in Italy with his family, working for Expedia, and had this idea for Avo because his friends kept calling him and asking him and blah, blah, blah. But the point was he was obsessed with the idea mm. and he couldn't let it go until he built and launch. And then look what he did with it. Interesting. So I love that. I think a lot of times we use the word passionate, but I like obsessed. That's so interesting because um, words and word choices uh -huh. can be um, so interesting to talk about. And sometimes mm -hmm. words have a negative context and connotation, but sometimes they don't. So that's funny. Yeah. Thank no, you I like <laughs> I like the positive twist on obsession. Yeah. This Very is cool. no police song here. Right. Um, <laughs> 
but no, I like that. And it's obvious that you are passionate about it. And uh-huh. I, and I love talking to lawyers that I like that. Like we, like we said a minute ago, I mean, if you're not, you're just miserable. So right. I do every once in a while, I'll get in front of a group of young lawyers and just talking about what they should know as far as technology and practice management. I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but what I do tell them is in my 20 years of doing this, I've seen a lot of really unhappy lawyers. Mm-hmm. So I'll say, what's your hobby? And somebody will say, well, whitewater rafting, surfing. Well, let me tell you, the whitewater rafting industry needs lawyers. Mm-hmm. Surfing stores need lawyers. Mm-hmm. Surf schools need lawyers. You know, whatever it is that is your hobby, if you can combine that with law or just an area that you really can obsess over, you're going to be a happier lawyer. No, that's right. And the same thing with, you know, you can do a lot of pro bono service, for example. Um, you might not be able to make your money doing whitewater rafting right. law, um, <laughs> but you might have like one client, for example, or you might be able to do pro bono service for them. And that could really turn into a passion or an obsession for you. And I, I do talk to a lot of young lawyers about that. Finding the well. joy, mm-hmm. just whichever way. So yeah, and I, I, I love that you encourage us to do pro bono work because I think even when, especially when you're a young lawyer, it's hard to find that extra time, Mm -hmm. but you used it really creatively. You said, well, I'm going to do this pro bono work for me, but also for them and got the right training that you, that you really needed to successfully launch. There's a lot of training opportunities in pro bono work that people often don't think about, especially if you're working in a larger law firm. Yeah. It's a good way to transition into something too and become a specialist if you're not always sort of allowed the time in your billable practice area, but to think about it from a pro bono aspect. The San Diego County Bar has a podcast that we produce in-house. It's called Meet and Confer. And we recently, I think our second interview was with two immigration lawyers. They were explaining that here in San Diego, of course, there is such a need for immigration help and that there are great pro bono opportunities that really, really teach you how to do the work. And they encouraged listeners to not just run out and grab a pro bono immigration opportunity. It's hard. You've got to do things right. So you do it through an organization that teaches you all the laws and all the right ways to do that work. So that that's great. I love hearing. Let me add something. I actually interned at Cost Cornelia in law school. Oh, you did? Um, I had many different internships and externships in law school. It was a great opportunity to get experience while in law school. And I always encourage law students to engage themselves in any opportunity. Yeah, I love that. It is helpful. Um, I just like to encourage people to really go after that, even if it's just an hour or two. So let's talk a little bit of the how. Okay, so we talked about the the why uh-huh. and then a little bit of the how, but uh-huh. you did a lot of research. You spent two years. What were the things you learned? What, how did you figure out marketing? What did uh-huh. you change in technology? Because you ended up closing your practice. You closed the law firm. Right. So the law firm Rizzo Law PC, um, I ended up putting away. Um, the advice I got was if you wanted to be a true neutral, to be seen as a neutral in the community, you best put away your litigation practice. And that's the advice I got. I received it. I really thought long and hard about it because I I really did enjoy advocating. I really did like my practice, but I I felt um, committed to, to being a neutral. And so I did close down Rizzo Law and I opened up Rizzo Resolution. Um, it was a long, hard decision. Sometimes I even think about it now, but I'm, I'm happy that I did it. Um, I, the first decision I made after I made that decision was whether I was going to affiliate or not with a mediation group. And so I did have some meetings with various mediation groups um, in San Diego. And I decided, like I said, to join West Coast Resolution. Thanks to West Coast for allowing me not only to mediate, but to keep uh, the impartial workplace investigation part of my practice. And that's what I have under Rizzo Resolution, because that is a very steady stream of income. One thing about being a mediator is, and I'm sure most people know and understand this, it's it's very competitive. It's, oh, it's really? not only no, challenging, don't assume but it's super they do. Like, talk to us like we're four years old, okay. and we don't know that. So I want to back up and ask you a backup question. Why couldn't you keep both? So I don't know if every uh, mediation group would want that necessarily, just in terms of the branding of different mediation groups. And I don't know if that would be prohibited necessarily, but it was something that I had to go and, and make sure that the groups that I was talking to, that that would be okay. 
Okay. Okay. Workplace investigations are impartial um, the way that I performed them. So um, that's the way that I pitched it to the groups that I was meeting with. Excellent. Okay. So you, and just help us understand the logistics. So with RISA resolution and the investigation side work, that's you billing the clients directly. That's correct. And that's your gig. That's correct. And then if you get, is it like an assignment, a gig? What do you call it through the mediation group? And then how does the pay structure work there? Correct. Yeah. No, good question. Um, so with uh, with mediations, they either can come in through me or through West Coast. I have, um, like I said, I'm affiliated through them. So um, it's an independent contractor relationship. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I have my case manager over there. Kathy Purcell is her name. She's wonderful. She's fantastic. She works with most of the mediators over there. I have a split arrangement. I'm not going to tell you what that is because it's probably proprietary. Sure. Yeah, no, um, that's okay. And But they take a percentage um, for the work that they perform. And Kathy and West Coast, they help me in terms of all the case management, scheduling, paperwork, rooms. I mediate over there, advertising, um, helping me to schedule talks, print ads, various things. Oh, very good. And so, so that's a, what they provide for me. There's a lot of resources there that you get when you join a mediation group. That's right. And, and um, not everybody can. So it's conversations you have to have with these groups. Right. Are you um, competitive? Uh, do they see you that way? Um, do you see them that way? Do you want to split your take? Do you have someone otherwise to do that work for you? Right. Um, I did have an assistant with my old law firm, and so I ended that that relationship ended. And so I was I was looking for that type of assistant. Some mediators don't affiliate at all; um, they have their own company to do it. Okay. So it's just a choice you have to make. Okay. Well, that's good. That's helpful. Mm-hmm. And how much is it a sixty forty or a thirty ninety? <laughs> 3070. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> These, this time zone hopping really makes my brain. Yeah, so is Somewhere there, in that range. Okay. Yeah. So it's not 50 50 or 100 or no. like 90 10. It's, no. it's definitely split in, in a way that it's, you choose. It's similar to a contingency, attorney contingency relationship. And you I would get say. to define that and. Mm-hmm. It's negotiable. D- that's very good. Yeah. So after I made that decision and I affiliated, then I tr- it turned to like the nuts and bolts of the launch and how I was going to do that. And so what I say is it was a multi-tiered marketing approach. And you'll appreciate this, Adriana. From a, I took a personal approach, an electronic approach. Very good. And a snail mail, regular mail approach. Always works. So it's sort of a three-tier. And then somewhere in there was also the advertising approach. And it's hard to, to pinpoint whether that's electronic or regular mail because it's both in yeah. terms of what the legal organizations use in terms of their advertising. Yes. Question. I raised my hand. I had a question. <laughs> um, so when we're talking about the launch, yes, is it Rizzo Resolution that was launching because somehow you already have this advertising and you have this package with the mediation group. Yeah, so, so it's both. Okay, it so was both. It, it was, was both. All. Okay, <laughs> and it was it was a um, we had to work it together, right? right. Because West Coast was going to do some, and the Rizzo Resolution was going to do some. So you spent a lot of time really sort of honing that relationship. Oh, yeah, it was months refining it, yes. making sure that everybody was going to be happy. Everything, everything. That's right. There was no questions. There was well. There, there, like anything, there yeah. was an issue, of course, on the day of the launch. <laughs> uh, there was a tech issue, um, and it was like one of the one of the legal organizations came out ahead of schedule with my ad, so we had to like get going quickly with the West Coast ad, yeah. and you know, I mean, like anything. Yeah, but it, it worked out. Um, but yes, one thing that I say is there was a consistent approach to the branding. And that was because West Coast has their own look, and then Rizzo Resolution obviously has their own look. It's separate logo mm-hmm. and branding, but it was consistent. I wanted so you worked it to together. look similar. Yes. Okay. Exactly. So when you started, when you went out and like, okay, Rizzo Resolution is the name of it. I need some colors. Uh-huh. I need a logo. You worked with whoever, your designers, and said, yes. I need it to look not the opposite of this. That's right. <laughs> I actually used the same designer. Okay, good. You don't have to, but that was I. I elected to do so. Smart. Um, right, and and so that really worked well. But yes, I picked a logo. Uh-huh. I had I had my hand in designing it. Maybe to your a la obsession. Yes. Um, I had my hands in everything. So good. I picked and helped design my logo, my letterhead. I I got thank you cards ready to go. A website, obviously, a new mm-hmm. website, all of that, right? So all of that was ready to go on launch day. Excellent. I think launch day was like April 2nd, such that it wasn't April Fool's Day. Right. <laughs> 
just move this one day right over. one day so um yeah so we started obviously the personal approach right i mean you're you're you have to be present you have to see people you have to constantly remind people what you're doing yeah. now that you're not rizola and that you're not litigation and that you're you know um you know no longer doing uh plaintiff's work or defense work um, I always say you have to have fun, be yourself, like we were just talking yeah. about. With your elevator pitch, I'm a soft pitcher, I like to say, but you have to constantly put yourself out there yeah. um, and, and tell people what you're doing now. Are you finding even, so let's see, it's been five months or so, in your in your immediate community? Right. Is it, are we over the hump? Or are people still coming up to you five, six months later saying, what? Yes. Okay. So it's going <laughs> to take takes a while. It takes a long while because you've spent all this time you know, being the attorney and, and representing. Yeah. I mean, I had my law firm for right eight, eight-ish years, and then I was a defense attorney for five years before that. So, yeah, I mean, people know you as straight attorney doing one side or the other or both or whatever. So, yeah, even in your immediate circles, you have to you have to tell people what you're doing. Um, but the launch itself has been very successful. I brand everywhere. So I continue cute. to push myself out there. I was just showing Adriana that my even my phone cover has I love my it. logo on it. Yes. You can put your logo on anything. The World Wide Web is amazing. It really so is. So I constantly look for places that I can um, put my logo or my brand somewhere. And so, and so and let me... Speaking of that, on the electronic, right? Yeah. That's your area of expertise. Well, and I love that because <laughs> I think the goal, and you tell me if I'm wrong, your goal is to stay, as they call it in the marketing world, yes. top of mind. Yes. So you've got pens, iPhone covers, sticky notes, whatever. Yes. And it's there so that when somebody says, oh, I think I need a mediator, you come top of mind. That's the hope. <laughs> That's the hope. So you've got all your tchotchkes and people love tchotchkes and you just hand them out and here comes the work, yeah. I hope. <laughs> if only it were that easy. If only. Tell me more. Okay. So on the electronic, uh, I developed a database of contacts. And lucky for me, my con database of contacts is thousands of people because I've just known a lot of people Because you my have career. not sat in the corner office just practicing law. You've been out there. You've been an activist. Uh, you've been a member of the community. You volunteer. You do pro bono work. You did the San Diego County Bar Trail of Success. Um, yeah. And I just think it's important to remind, especially young lawyers who think that isn't important, how important all that is. So you had this giant book of contacts that you were able to immediately launch right. and say, hey, guess yep. what? Yep. And you're not a no-name. They know that they know the name when it comes across. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yep, but I did. And so West Coast and myself, we use that data, that database. They launched big ads with that electronic database. I was able to forward that ad to my database. My new website, obviously, I love it. Um, I I, I look streamlined at it. it. Um, so it had a lot less words than my prior website. A lot less of everything. I tried to really just keep it very streamlined in terms of my two practice areas, mediation, workplace investigation, what those mean, define it, keep it short, sweet, simple, and easy read for people. Are you R-I-Z-Z-O resolution, just yes. like it sounds? Okay. Mm -hmm. I posted things on LinkedIn. I, I posted my launch on LinkedIn and Facebook. So we did a number of sort of electronic sort of just blasts and advertising and things like that. Oh, yeah. I, your website looks so cool. Oh, thank you. I do like it a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Obviously, you know, my logo's on there. My colors are, are similar. There's a little bit of like t a tiny bit of like interaction on there. But, you know, the things that I had sort of like on my old website, I decided not to have. Like, I think I had a map on my old website. I'm like, I think people know these <laughs> days how to map. You know? right, so right. there were like certain things I, I discussed with my designers and uh -huh. web team to simplify. And then the regular mail. And this is a tip that I'll put out there because I thought this was really cool. I'd love to hear your advice too, Adriana, on what you think might be cool. But I had heard from other mediators that in the launch, you should use regular mail and either write letters, type letters, handwrite cards to all the people in your, in your database. Well, I have thousands of people in my database, and I'm thinking, how am I going to do that? 
That sounds awful. That's, that sounds like a grind, right? Right. No, it right. sounds like you got to put those kids to work. Right, exactly. Mommy's Just launching a Yeah, mommy's, <laughs> mommy's launching a resolution. Right. Here. Right. <laughs> Please but I, but I had heard about it from so many mediators right. that this is what they did over the years and years was they sent out, like, letters, and it, they hand-wrote them or they, whatever. Please tell me you said, I'm going to try something different. I did. Okay. Thank you. So, but I did think that this was a practice worth looking at to not just do advertising and not just do email because we all know that we get thousands yeah. of emails. Email's hard. So I looked online and I thought, what about doing a postcard? Because we all know that we get tons of mail too and we're flipping through it and it goes in our trash can. Yep. I, I read my mail over the trash can. Right. Especially during the holidays. Please don't anyone send me a holiday card. <laughs> Literally open them over the garbage can and in they go. Right. I mean, you love the cute photos. Of the totally kids. love. So I do the same thing, and I'm thinking, okay, so if they're going to spend 10 seconds, maybe. Better be impactful. It better be impactful. So I decided to do a postcard, and I went online, and there's tons of services online where you can design your own postcard, and you can just upload your database of contacts. (laughs) It's amazing. And they self-address it, and they can even stamp it. Yep. And so you, so I had, I had a number of postcards where I did it that way, where I had a message already typed in and it was just direct mail. I designed it with all my branding on it. And there was a service that also allowed me to direct mail it to myself. And I hand wrote a number of postcards as well. That's pretty neat. So you handpicked a a handful, you handpicked a handful to handwrite. I handpicked over a handful. Right. Like several hundred. Oh my God. But I didn't have to handwrite. Thousands. thousands. Can you name names? <laughs> the, no, the companies, not who you wrote. Oh. <laughs> no. I think it was um, I think it was postables. Postables, okay. Yeah, and they were cheap and simple and straightforward. And, Great. and they were fine. And honestly, I had all my it was it just required Excel. Yep. So the Excel spreadsheet I just uploaded. Super easy. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, can I make? Can a com- you name names? I don't. Would you like um, know other? I've used Vistaprint. Yeah, and yep. I also use for handbag, not handbags, but like briefcases and really nice stuff. I go to Lands End Business. Okay. For bags and T-shirts and stuff. So yes, I, but not necessarily in the mailing world. No, that's good too because I have since designed shirts. Yep. Pillows for my office. Mugs? Oh, I should have brought in my mug. Mugs, everything. And that's online too. And I've just I just Googled something. Yeah, and it I came love up. it. So I use business lands and once you get your logo up there once, then you, it's a little, probably a little more expensive than the things on Vistaprint. But yeah. that's, I mean, I like them all. Yes. And I, I use, love them all. I've used Moo cards for business cards. Oh. They're so nice. So my designer suggested Moo cards. She did or he did. Oh yeah, let me see. And I get a lot of compliments on my cards. Aren't they so nice? I just made yep. some new ones for my boyfriend and used it and had the edge lined with blue. Yes. You can have like the satiny paper and they're very, very affordable yes. and they come fast. My type's a little small. I'm going to revise that. These were my first draft of cards. But yes, I, you'll but, notice I had to put my readers on. Yes, I know. Okay. That's why I said that. <laughs> but short of that, um, that you can see like my... It's, I love it's, your logo. Th- thank you. I love your logo. Who The designer that you worked with? Me and the designer came up with that. Yeah, cool. And what I, it, it actually has a meaning, which is it's people coming together, like yeah. those are the heads. And I so see it's that. Like a, it's like we're all coming together to figure out. It's a circle a, of trust and love. Exactly. Yeah, so everyone go visit Riz, Rizzo Resolution and um, look at the logo and leave a note on there for Thank Kristen you. so that she knows you appreciated her information. Not that we're done because we're not, but I do have a question about your website yes. that I appreciate. And I just wanted to ask you if this is something normal in the mediation world or... Yeah. Um, if you decided to do this because you know people get aggravated when they can't go to a website and get pricing, you oh. have a whole, right under both your mediation and your workplace investigation, you put the rates. Was that something that is just normal? Or um, you said, I don't want people coming to me without knowing already what I'm going to charge? Or did, did has anyone said to you, I can't believe you put your rates on there. You're, you're pretty much giving away the farm mm. and undercutting the rest of us from a competitive environment. Or is it, just tell me, like, mm. I'm curious why you decided to put rates on there, which, like I said, I appreciate. Oh, thank you. Um, no one has ever expressed an issue with it. The first question I get from potential clients are, what are your rates and are you available? So what are my rates? They're right on my website. Perfect. And something that I am working on right now with um, my designer is, am I available? Okay. So I'm working to get a calendar awesome. on my website. Great. Yep. 
just to name names and not necessarily for you, but the one that I use is a service called VCITA, V-C-I-T-A. And I freaking love it because it's $800 a year. And through that service, first of all, there's... Um, I'm writing it down, by the way, too. <laughs> is this for calendar? It does. Oh. So first of all, it pops up on a website and it says, email us, contact us, or schedule an appointment. And then it synchronizes to my... I use Gmail, so it synchronizes to Gmail. And I can also go in on the back end and say, well, I only take mediations, or for me, I only take consultations on Mondays and Fridays. Um, so it just, it's very sophisticated on the back end at how you can get your calendar to look. So anyway, yeah, that's the one I happen to use. A lot of people will use a Calendly. If you have Office 365, Bookings is part of the suite um, where it looks at your office and you don't have to pay extra for it. So Office 365 offers bookings, or maybe you pay a little bit, but I don't, I'm not sure, but it would be less than $800 a year. But I do like Visita a lot. It even has a CRM in it so that I can, when someone comes through Visita, I can send them a document, send an email, I can follow up, they can pay through there. It uses the Stripe payment network. So that's one I like, but there's there's plenty of others. Ooh, these are great tips. And I was I'm also here to help, thinking, Kristen. Thank, yes, you are. <laughs> yes, thank I you am. to our As, member technology yes. officer of the San Diego County Bar Association. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, no, that's great. In fact, because I have... Office and Outlook, but I was thinking about Gmail because my husband, (laughs) who's an engineer, but who helps me a lot, he was saying it might be better to use Gmail such that not everything on my current calendar shows. Oh, right. Well, they don't see anything other than your available times. Okay. So it doesn't show that you're interviewing for a podcast at 10 (laughs) o'clock on Tuesday. It just... It's the time that you choose. Okay. The times that you're free. That you like block off your free. And they all work like that. They're all, whatever service you decide to use, they all have that ability to obviously block your privates and block your private parts. Um, (laughs) Let's take a quick break. Listen to some messages from some sponsors and we'll be right back. Imagine what you could do with an extra eight hours per week. That's how much time legal professionals save with Clio, the world's leading practice management software. With intuitive time tracking, billing, and matter management, Clio streamlines everything you do to run your practice from intake to invoice. Try Clio for free and then get a 10% discount for your first six months when you sign up with the code NEWSOLO10. That's new solo one zero, And do that at Clio.com, C-L-I-O.com. Artificial intelligence won't outpace lawyers anytime soon, but lawyers who use AI are already outpacing lawyers who do not. With Ross Intelligence, lawyers conducting legal research leverage AI to get to the heart of legal issues fast. Ask a question on the Ross Legal Research platform and Ross will return on point case law. Go to rossintelligence.com today and get a 14-day free trial. Use promo code LEGALTALK for 10% off. Okay, we're back. I'm talking to Kristen Rizzo, San Diego attorney who recently launched her mediation practice after having been a solo for about eight years and with a larger law firm before that. And we were talking about, we were just about to get into technology and infrastructure, one of my favorite topics. So you're a PC, not a Mac. Not that it matters, Correct. but you're a PC. Yes. Do you have a laptop and a desktop or do you run around with one laptop? I have a laptop and a docking station okay. at my office and I love that. Okay. What kind of laptop do you have? It is a, oh my gosh, I should totally know this. Um, an HP. Okay. Yep. Great. And um, and you have Office 365. Uh-huh. What other technologies do you use to support your, your practice? Anything oh special? No, I mean, very little. I For accounting, I have QuickBooks. Okay. So, and that's, I do it pretty do you much do your all billing? by myself. Do you do QuickBooks too? Yes. Great. Mm-hmm. Good. And do you take payments uh, through QuickBooks with the credit card or the bank transfer? Or do you expect checks? I do mostly checks. I've done some bank transfer. I should do credit card. Yeah. So all the statistics point to faster payment with a credit card option. People uh, like I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, flip that switch. Um, yes. do you, so you don't need any practice management program really because you're not billing by the minute. <laughs> do you miss that? I do bill um, on the workplace investigations. But uh, it's not, I mean, it's not as much, right? Because um, usually I'm only servicing one or two clients at a time. Yep. Um, it's larger, sort of larger billing. And no, I do not miss that. Yeah. <laughs> Another one of those things no lawyer has ever said, boy, I miss. Right. 
filling my time by the 10th of the hour. Right. Um, okay, awesome. And then any other, how do you, are you a mobile lawyer? You've got your laptop, so do you feel comfortable sort of moving around? Well, you've got to be, right? Because you, I love you it. have to go to the mediations for the most part. I, I am a mobile lawyer. I get all my emails to my phone. I mean, it is password protected. I have all my stuff in, in the cloud. Um, I carry my laptop pretty much everywhere. I didn't bring it today, and it's funny because I literally like looked right now. Right. And you asked what kind of laptop I have. I'm like, oh, and then I, no, I realized I didn't have it. I love it. I carry it home every night with me. Um, yeah, I always have it with me. I hardly even like write my signature anymore because I have like my digital Perfect. electronic signature. I PDF everything from yep. Word. I, I mean, it's wonderful. It saves me so much time. Like I said, I don't have an assistant anymore except for my case manager through West Coast, and it's funny not having that, but I don't. I don't need that right. assistance as much. I'm sure you could teach me so many more things, and I should probably attend one of your classes. Yes, Kristen, I'd love to see you in more <laughs> sessions that we offer here at the San Diego County Bar. Yes. Um, do, do you do any video mediation yet, or have you? Good question. I, I'm i trying to think, have I ever done a video mediation? I have not done a, vide, a video mediation. I have done video interviews through my workplace investigations, mm -hmm. and we, I have used Zoom. Cool. And I know, however, I will say that a number of mediators that I know have done video mediations. What have you heard about video mediations? I think it's on the rise. Yeah, I'm glad you asked. Um, I actually had a member make an appointment with me for one thing. She wanted to learn how to use the breakout rooms in Zoom. So Zoom, and mm. I talk about Zoom a lot. I, I have it. I think it's one of the most affordable, easiest video and phone conferencing. You don't have to use it for video. You can also use it to just set up phone conferences. So zoom.us it starts at $15 a month. I mean, it's ah. a joke. It's oh. so affordable. Yeah. And what was interesting was she made an appointment with me. Oh, and by the way, I use Visita also on San Diego's Law Plus Tech. So when members come to make an appointment through me, they're also using the same service I use in my private practice, Visita. Okay. So she made an appointment. And of course, I asked, you know, give me a little idea of what it is you're looking to do. And she wrote specifically, uh, come in and learn how to use Zoom breakout rooms. And I got that message. I was like, Zoom has breakout rooms? Yeah. <laughs> well, don't think I didn't seem like a genius on breakout rooms by the time she showed up. <laughs> but the point is that when you go into the settings, you can turn on breakout rooms so that if there are six people meeting, you can click this one, click that one, and wow. go into a private separate breakout room. Oh, that is so yes. cool. Uh, yeah, and that would be perfect for mediation, obviously, because we're always in yeah. different rooms. and I mean, not always, but we're frequently in breakout rooms. So, oh, that's really neat. No, I definitely know there's a trend there. Yeah. Um, I heard that I know there's an attorney, I'm sorry, there's a mediator affiliated through one of my groups that I belong to, uh, Southern California Mediators Association, that does almost exclusively mm -hmm. um, this sort of web-based electronic cool. mediation. So interesting. Yeah. Well, when you want to practice, let me know because I'm a pro now. Yes, on you breakout are. Room. What was really neat was that that member came in and you know, I, I'm, I'm here enough to sort of every once in a while know other people, other, the members that are in the lounge. So when she came in, I said to one of the other members, I said, I think, can you help us with something? Do you want to learn how Zoom works and do a breakout session with us? So I just recruited another member and he sat out here and she and I sat over there and we actually did a whole fake mediation and, and broke out into the rooms. And so it was very, very helpful. Well, you know, I could totally see that. And I think, you know, your area obviously being um, a, a technology guru, and I think, you know, attorneys, mediators, all of us, it's something that we just can learn and continue to learn and develop in our practice area. Um, we're lucky to have you here at the oh, San Diego County Bar Association. It's my favorite and, gig. Yay. And I, I just think it's, you know, as we, as attorneys, mediators, we continue to develop our practices and constantly learn and, and hone our skills. Technology is just going to be continuing to be something um, of use to us and that we're going to have to continue to push ourselves to learn. Yeah. And thankfully, honestly, it's getting easier and cheaper. And it's just, it's just not the same as it was when I was having conversations like this 12 years ago. I mean, the technology is so easy and affordable. Yeah. And so, helpful. And so, so you're... A, one, I love talking to people like you, whether you're a lawyer or not, because you never stop learning. It's totally your thing. And you're just on the learning path forever. What's next for Rizzo Resolution? Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, clearly I've only been in this practice field now officially uh, for six months or so. So I'm lucky to see my practice area um, have having launched well. 
knock on wood, I think everybody who's been uh, an instrumental part of my success, you know who you are. Um, and, um, you probably got a handwritten note. <laughs> you, you probably did get a handwritten note with the Rizzo Resolution logo on the front. Um, no, thank you to, to everybody who's been uh, really helpful to me and, and who's taught me and who's... Um, who's helped me get here. I don't know. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I know some things, obviously working on my website, getting that calendar up and running. West Coast Resolution has some things on for 2020, which cool. is terrific. Um, some speaking opportunities. One thing that I was thinking about, and that's why I love being here, is um, in addition to some writing opportunities, I'm thinking about doing some video posts. Oh, wow. Right? Yes. So uh, one idea that I had um, in collaboration with, uh, with uh, a West Coast uh, person was to do, instead of sort of blo- writing blogging, was like almost video blogging. Yeah, the vlogging. The vlogging, thank you. Um, Let's vlog. Yeah. It's hard and to I say. And I think because people have limited time. Yeah. And we all know this. And we're used to like, you know, getting through things really quickly, right? I always keep that in mind because I have very limited time. I have clearly I have my business with, with Rosa Resolution, my, my, my affiliation with West Coast. I have two young children. I'm here at the Bar Association doing all my volunteer work amongst everything else that I do. And so I, I do keep that in mind that we all have limited time. So I was thinking about doing something like that. Um, I'm speaking at a conference next month um, on a similar topic and just kind of trying to stay relevant. Continue that. Aren't we all? Right? Aren't we all? But continue the learning as well. And this is a craft. Uh, Just like all attorneys, we're practicing our skills and our crafts so that we can better serve our clients just like you, you know, in technology. And I just think continuing to teach myself and better my my craft and skills so I can serve our community. I don't know. I look forward to some up and coming things. Maybe I'll sit in on a class of yours. I expect you <laughs> at some classes here, Kristen. Thank you. Um, but you can always make an appointment with me yes. on any of your other tech questions that you might have. But it sounds like I you're will. doing pretty good. It sounds like you're doing great. If our listeners want to find friend, follow you or contact you and how do they do that? Well, uh, like I said, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, my website has all my information www.rizzoresolution.com. It's R-I-Z-Z-O. And then resolution, singular, not plural. I get that a lot as well. And not well. fancy with another Z, just the good old-fashioned way. R-I-Z-Z-O. And then resolution. Um, and then, yeah, but you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, you have a contact page on your website. Yes. Great. Yes, exactly. And then I also have a Twitter handle. So all of that, you can, you can connect with me. Um, I have a Facebook. So if you find me there, it's actually a personal Facebook, but you can find me there too. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming in today and talking to us about this. I know it's a topic that interests a lot of attorneys. Appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. It was really fun. It was fun. I encourage attorneys to become mediators if they want to, and I'm more than happy to talk to people about it. Awesome. Mm -hmm. You're so generous. Thanks, Kristen. Thank you. Thank you for listening to New Solo on Legal Talk Network. If you like what you've heard today, we'd love for you to subscribe and give us a good review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. We'll see you next time. And remember, you're not alone. You're a new solo. Thanks for listening to New Solo with host Adriana Linares. Tune in again to learn more about how to successfully run your new practice solo here on Legal Talk Network. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the unbillable hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.